All right. Hey guys, this is Matt with the Great Romance Podcast. And as always, I start talking to the person I'm going to have on. We have good conversations about other things. And I'm like, crud, I should have pressed record. But it's fine because I wrote it down. So uh, today I have a special guest with me. Uh, this is Rains Wall. How are you doing, man? Doing well. Thank you for having me on, man. Besides being snowed in probably there in Nashville, right? Yeah, it is. It's, it's not too much snow out here, but it is cold enough to have ice. So we're like <laughs> just hanging out right now. <laughs> right. I always like a couple times I had a very long time ago. It was like we were doing a little photo shoot in Nashville. And so we drove down and I remember we were at the mall and like there was an announcement at four o'clock saying the mall was shutting down because of inclement weather and the highways were clear. And so how long have you lived in Nashville, dude? Yeah, I've been there. I've been in Nashville right under five years. And I'm from North Carolina, so it's very much like that, too. Okay. There. It's just, okay. If you even hear about snow, it's like school's canceled. Right. Everything's canceled for the next week, even if you just don't even know if it's coming or not. But. <laughs> and I will I will say that, like, on the, some of the back roads, because you guys got the hills and the mountains and stuff way more than we have here in, like, the St. Louis area, um, like, those streets were kind of, like, when I was down there that time, those were bad. We were kind of sliding. So I think maybe mm. that's some of it. I'll give Nashville the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, they're, they're kicking us out of the mall and the highways are clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, a, little, a little dramatic, but it's okay. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So um, we're going to jump into things. So you've been drumming with Sidewalk Profits for how long now? Yeah, I've been playing with the guys. It's right at three, right over three years. Okay. So, right, yeah, man. pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so at the time, a, a while back when they were looking for drummers, I had a friend named Jed Primero who had auditioned yeah. and so i think you guys also know each other but is yeah, it really yeah. just that process or did you know each other before it's really i think it's that process because when like originally sidewalk did some auditions and jed and i were both a part of that and then neither one of us got the gig okay, okay. <laughs> a good friend of ours sam ended up getting it but we all met each other all of the guys that were like auditioning we all came to nashville and i was in kansas city at the time Oh. And, uh, but anyways, got to know Jed, um, through that. And then, um, and then I think he ended up filling in with sidewalk a decent amount or here and there yeah. for a little while. And then I ended up moving to Nashville, um, still had a relationship with sidewalk guys and Jed through that. And then, and then I moved here and then I started playing with a guy named Rhett Walker for a while, about okay. a year or so. And, and then that was right when Jed was like, Hey man, I'm moving to Kansas city, you know? <laughs> so, and I was just in Kansas. I'm pretty sure that's where he moved but anyways yeah, yeah it was like yeah. a big, big it was a big swap there um which was pretty wild and then yeah and then down the road I ended up you know being able to play with sidewalk more as well so it's always interesting to me like I think when I was younger and I would watch artists and stuff you forget that they're people and so <laughs> even as you're telling that story of like you know yeah we were all a part of the audition process we kind of met each other and I guess sometimes people go well, you couldn't have been friends or anything because you were yeah. competing for a job. It's like, well, it doesn't really work that way. So like, I'll ask mm. you this and you can expound as much as you want. So Nashville, I think, um, is an interesting place where it's, it's big, but it's actually small in the fact mm. that 
everybody kind of knows each other through like that. Yeah. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you find it's that way with you too? Like just with, I mean, even we were throwing out names before of people we know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just through, you know, well, I played with them. Well, I played with them. Well, I know them through this. Do you find it's that way? And do you like that? How like there's a little bit of family element to it? Oh yeah. I love it. I think it's my favorite part about Nashville. I think when I came here, I met a lot of people on the road through traveling. Um, and I was just like, you know, most of the people that I know from Nashville are awesome, but yeah. I've never experienced living there. So I'm, I don't know. It might be kind of cutthroat or it might be one of these <laughs> things where it's hard to really like connect. Um, and, you know, just like have a group of people that are actually like championing you, you know, like excited about just like supporting each other, you know, and found that. I found that when I came here, like immediately. It's just, it's crazy. It's like the biggest, smallest city I've ever lived in. <laughs> it's, like, you, it's a pretty big city, but like if you, go to a coffee shop you're probably if you're in like the you know the christian music world like for instance like for for me i'm, I'm probably gonna run into a bud there right. <laughs> at that coffee shop maybe right. not but like yeah odds are actually pretty high because it's just you know once you start to realize um you know all of these you know like we said like connections and people that oh you played for this guy and then like i might just know of a guitar player that my best friend played for for a while and i'm like oh man you know there's like a connection there immediately and then all of a sudden that guy's a part of your friend group circle whatever acquaintance but then you can kind of just grow that relationship as you know naturally as it does it you keep running into coffee shops and other things like that so yeah it's pretty awesome (laughs) yeah i i i've said this before i don't know if you find this to be true like so i don't know where we are in the age thing i'm probably a little bit older than you um but there was a time where if you were an awesome musician okay or an awesome artist Mm -hmm but you were a jerk. (laughs) You would still get work because you were so awesome. I don't believe that to be the case at all anymore because it seems like people, and I talked, I just had uh, Josh from Worship Online on, we kept talking about the hang. It seems like now people are like, look, man, I'm going to have to do life with you. I'm going to have to be on the road with you. It's cool that you're awesome, but I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah. So we'll go find somebody who's a little bit nicer because there's yeah. plenty of people who are good. I mean, do you find that to be the case? Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I, somebody said this a while back, but it's like stuck with me. It's just like if you're in Nashville and you've been here for a little while, like the odds are you can play the part. I mean, most people can play the part and the role and, right. and, and do that. So it really just comes down to like whether or not you like living with somebody because when you're out on the road, four days, five days at a time, if not a couple of weeks at a time, you know, that's really what, you know, that's what matters because you're going to be on stage for like an hour, yeah. you know, an hour and a half, you might be sound checking for like 30 minutes before. And that's right. it. That's your stage time in an entire day. But then you have two off days, you know, you have all day before, you know, to be with this person. So, it, yes. you know, it, it kind of just comes down to being a good hang, being a good human. Like yeah. people can see that immediately and be like, all right, this person's just genuine, you know, uh, excited to be a part of this, like, you know, serving this well, like this is somebody we want a part of our team. And then it kind of just goes from, I feel like it just can build off of that, but um, it's very much so that way now. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in saying that, since you've been with the sidewalk guys for like three years, I, I've constantly heard positive things just about them as dudes. Okay. Mm, so yeah. here's your chance. 
to just dog <laughs> just take them out <laughs> just, they really are some of the best guys <laughs> yeah. behind I the veil become... we rip the curtain no i, I mean what, yeah, are, what well, are they like hanging out because they've been doing it for a while you know and then yeah. the guy comes in and like mm-hmm. was it immediate like hey man you're a brother let's hang out or yeah it really was it was it was very much that it was I kind of like I'd played with some other, you know, I mentioned playing with Rhett Walker and I love playing with him at the time. He wasn't playing like a lot of longer stints. So it was kind of like, you know, one off shows here and there. And before that, um, played with a band called Cloverton for a while based out of Kansas City area and um, or that, you know, that part of the country. And um, basically, I got to a point where like, you know, you're, you are sacrificing when you're out on the road, you know, when you're gone and any kind of like relationships, friendships, family, you know, like a lot of those things were harder to, to keep up. So I kind of like when I came to Nashville and I was like, you know, if I'm going to like be a part of something that's going to have me out a lot, like it has to be worth it because mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the mission has to be right. And the guys, you know, the, 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 the whole um, everybody in the group has to be, you know, a, a, if, even if there's one person like that, it does not mm. have like the same mindset, like it can really like bring down an entire operation. And, you know, I just come and stepping in the sidewalk and realizing like, whoa, all of these guys are like, they, 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 they walk what they preach, like what they say, like in their songs is who they are as people. Like you take all that off and then just how they live life. And it's just like, whoa very intentional amazing just guys and um fully just following what the lord has on their you know put on their hearts and like it's just a an amazing thing so that was when i was like oh, okay this is something that you know i could be leaving my my family for at the time i wasn't married but then i quickly became uh, got married about a year into being with sidewalk and then about a year later we had our first baby <laughs> son <laughs> so um which is pretty wild. So all I have to say, it's like, you know, it all has to be worth it to be with some, you know, just like genuine good guys. And that's what it's been. So, yeah. So, and when you talked about, you know, getting married and having a kid and then, and life on the road and stuff and, and being gone from them. um, Like, what is that? Like when you are a dad, you are a husband and that is an important Mm -hmm. role. I mean, biblically, that's an important role, but you're also, yeah you know, God gave you those talents. I'm sure you believe that to use them. (laughs) So how do you balance, you know, being family guy and also being um, on the road? I mean, what, what's that like for you balancing that? Yeah, for us, it's, it really, it was being as intentional as I could, even if it was like a two minute FaceTime before I'm about to go on stage or right after I get off the stage or like anytime during the day. Um, with a baby, you know, life can be like more unpredictable. Like you just don't know if he's going to go down for a nap. Hopefully he will, or like, you know, what (laughs) things are like. So just like rolling with it and and being as present as I can while I'm gone. But then also when I am home being as present, like a lot of guys, you know, come home and they're either like, you know, it's easy to want to like watch Netflix and just, you know, or just do something just to chill and like, you know, take a break. Um, but really I found that more of my breaks were on the road (laughs) and being able to come home so I could be present with my family and be like, all right, let's go, let's go get brunch. Let's actually be like a family all day. And that's, that's really cool. Part of it, you know, being able to be present for an entire day, like that's my weekend is that like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and then basically, yeah. And just 
when I'm gone, try to be as present as I can again. Um, but my wife grew up with a family that, you know, did a lot of touring as well in the music world. And um, so she understands it and gets mm-hmm. it, but also doesn't make it much easier either. You know, it's still a, a thing that's, you know, that you have to figure out. <laughs> well, and you just said, you said something about like the, I, this, this has always been a thing for me, like the winding down after you've played or after you've been on a bus or whatever. Um, I would sometimes come home from like a long trip and obviously you're tired because you're working, mm. you know, I mean, I, yeah. I think sometimes people think, Oh yeah, you play music for an hour and then you hang out the whole time. Real tough life. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it's different than that. Um, Totally. But like I would I would get back and I would be exhausted. So I'm sleepy. I need to go to bed. But I would literally have to sit and like turn on the TV and kind of wind down for like 30 mm-hmm. minutes to 45 minutes. And I for me, and I don't know what your process is, it's like I was having to shut my brain off a little bit because it was still going. So even Fine. though I'm tired, yeah. is it like that? for you sometimes like do you need to kind of wind down before you go to bed or whatever after touring and playing yeah it is it's typically with how side what we did things would be you know when we get back on the off of the bus like monday morning so Mm -hmm. like we'll play a show that last sunday night and then drive through the night we'll sleep and then wake up sometime monday morning so yeah Mm -hmm. it kind of just depends depends on like usually i'm waking up and i come home and I'll make breakfast for my family and just go out okay. throughout the day. <laughs> and sometimes literally like that can be my, you know, regrouping phases, just like making breakfast or just, you know, something as simple, just like I'm able to make coffee and just kind of like hang for a little bit and try to have that. I try to keep like, it's been t- testing or trying at times, but like staying in the word even, just like trying to find a moment while I'm on the bus and at home. So there's something that is still consistent between both worlds um to kind of stay centered that way too um but yeah this is i don't know but you know sometimes this is really hard to actually do when you come home and just can't find that 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 place or that time with a little baby because like Um, you said you have life to live and Mm -hmm. you're being a dad and a husband um so you just said something too and and i think that that this is kind of we sometimes sidestep this about finding time to be in the word and finding Mm -hmm. time to spend with god some bands yeah. have like a traveling pastor who goes yeah. with them. The sidewalk do that. Uh, do you guys have like Devo time ever together? Like how, how do you guys do that? Or is it just a separate thing and everybody maintains himself? It, it kind of ebbs and flows over most of my time with sidewalk. We had um, a guy named Cho Hayes. I'm not sure if you ever knew Cho, um, mm-hmm. but he was our, he was our, tour manager for a while but before that he was actually just the tour pastor and then there was a tour manager as well and uh, but then he kind of actually stepped into both roles so he would kind of lead devotions every day but also um tm for the day you know while we're on the road so that was pretty amazing i've known Trey for a long time he used to be a promoter um out in wyoming for a while and that's actually how I got to know him through Cloverton, like playing shows. And then also that's how he got to the sidewalk profits. And then they connected. He moved to Nashville and, and stepped into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but since COVID happened and all of that, we um, basically Cho ended up having to, to take another position here in town to kind of step off the road 
And uh, so with that, we don't have a tour pastor right now, but we still try to stay as, you know, up with like, you know, we have like a, we call it family gatherings where we'll just get everybody on the tour, you know, no matter who, what role you play. And at least once a day or every other day, um, try to have like a thing where we can come together and just have like prayer requests and just talk about what's going on in each of our lives. And, and um, yeah, and just spend some time, like maybe a small devotion might, might have something that God put on their heart just to share. And um, yeah, so that's pretty nice just to have a little intentional time there as well. But each of the guys kind of have their own, like Dave, the singer, um, him and his wife go through um, a chapter a day, I believe. So like every day they're like FaceTiming, talking about that chapter, like at the end of the day, like that night and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see each of us kind of having our own thing as well. So Yeah, man. And it goes back to what you said about having to be intentional. Yeah. That. Cause it's, yeah, it's easy, man. Like we're humans and it's easy sometimes to just be like, well, yeah, like, and I love Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm playing music for him. So, yeah. you know, like I'm doing my exactly. thing. Um, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're fine. He knows. Uh, we, at my church, I, I also lead worship there when I'm not traveling. And mm-hmm. um, one thing that we had changed was we had, and I talk about it all the time because it changed our worship and it wasn't musically related. It was just what you're talking about. We mm-hmm. have like an hour block where we had to change some things like we couldn't practice up to that time because there was a Sunday school class going on and we were too loud. And, mm. and so we were like, well, we could just go to McDonald's. <laughs> we could eat donuts yeah. or <laughs> yeah. we could actually spend some time talking about, like you said, sharing prayer requests, sharing what was on our mind. And dude, like seriously, it changed our worship and then had mm. nothing to do with music. It was just like yeah. hearing ourselves and so, you know, you're talking about that intentionality. So like, even when you're playing a sidewalk show, like, is it easy just to go, okay, I know these 15 songs, I'm going to go do the work, but you're, you know, you obviously, there's a mission behind what y'all do. That's not just entertaining. I mean, it's part of it, but yeah. maybe people forget that sometimes. And it's okay to have Christian entertainment. Like that's okay. We're, yeah. That doesn't yes, make you a yeah. bad person, <laughs> you know, like at least, you know, at least you know what you're getting with Christian entertainment. You don't have to worry about some of the other things you have to worry about with other kind of entertainment. But like, is yeah, it totally. just to go out, you know, and go, yeah, man, I'm playing the songs, rock and roll. Uh, yeah, or is there like, do you have to kind of talk to yourself and be like, hey, man, I'm I'm, you know, I'm leading people into the presence of God from the drums. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's my biggest thing that I've like, you know, found is that like trying, you know, and having to just keep myself accountable with that. I think the guys do that too, but it's so like, you know, I mean, it's easy. I mean, you can just hit play mentally and just go through the show. I've, I'm, I'll just, I've definitely been guilty of that in the, you know, over the eight or eight or nine years of playing, traveling more full time, but it's like, that's what gives me energy yes i'm able to feed off of that but also that's just like what it's all about you know that's what that's what excites me at this point like i love being able to express like you know being able to play drums and like being able to connect with the guys on stage and like worship in that way and like just have a a good moment as well but also just realizing that man it's all about like we've been um the manager for sidewalk was always saying like you know one person could be walking in these doors that like doesn't know the lord and that could know the Lord through this or like one just one person like that's 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 worth it and so 
you know, that's for, for me, I'm like, well, I got to give it my all. Like, that's it. Like, that's, that's the reason behind this whole thing. And I wouldn't even, like, why would I even be out here away from my family if it's not for that reason? Like, that alone is amazing. So I'm just like, I got to, like, make eye contact with the crowd. And my whole thing is, like, if a drummer can connect with the audience or, like, feel off of it and, like, have a connection, then mm-hmm. how much more so can the guitar players and the bass player and the keys player and also the singer like if if the hardest person on stage to have a connection with the crowd is having a connection because drums are typically in the back out of the lights you know you're in the the back and if you want to you can just like look down look to the left and not even look at the crowd you know yeah and i'm sure you've seen that like drummers can definitely do it but my whole thing is it's like man if the drummer can connect if the drummer can make eye contact and point and like laugh when the crowd laughs and like and and can actually interact like how much easier can dave the lead singer like he can do that exponentially more but it's just like you kind of you're setting that that precedence in my opinion is if the drummer can do that then everybody else can do that so much more (laughs) and kind of feed off of that so i'm I'm and i and i appreciate like being when i'm an audience member like i appreciate that when a drummer can do that and i do think you're right i think it's harder well first of all you have this barricade in front of you of instruments you know mm-hmm. instruments that yeah. behind. you usually are in the back um, yeah. it, i mean it's just like you're people are setting you up to be like let's push you back which like yes. the drummer's the timekeeper and we're like let's put them in the back um but and and we've even had like uh, there's a camp that we play in michigan and so they always have a theme and so they always and they their stages are just ridiculous, man. But one time it was a subway station and oh. the drummer was in the subway car and the doors opened and then it moved out on a platform. Yeah, dude, what? it was pretty <laughs> awesome. But so that one wasn't as bad. But then one time they did a Donkey Kong set Whoa. and the drummer was upright. It looked amazing. Yeah. We couldn't connect. He was so far away. And like, yeah. and, and speak to this a little bit because you're talking about the connection thing. I like when I first started playing music and I was the, uh, like, I sing the songs, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. I am an average guitar player at best. Um, <laughs> and that's just always been what I am. So like I was the singer. So I was doing that thing. Yeah. I didn't realize how much a bass player and a drummer have to be locked in until like the mm. more I started playing. So like, yeah. what's that like for you as a drummer, especially when you haven't played with that bass player and it's new? And yeah. like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, hey man, we're we're holding down the fort together, and if yeah, we can lock yeah. in, what's that like for? Or what's your philosophy on that? I guess locking in. Yeah, no, that's huge, man. That's like, and that's my first thing that I teach a lot of drum lessons, and you know, we mentioned class. Well, we talked about earlier doing something worship online and you know, I feel like I'm always talking about the bass player when it comes to playing drums and I think honestly it's good for a drummer to know how to play bass and a bass player to know how to play drums because you kind of understand a little, a little even a little bit more of you know each other's thing but yeah it's it's just so you know if I if I like I'm gonna I'm gonna fill in actually at a church tomorrow um for a friend and I you know I'm probably I don't know if I've ever played with this bass player so but you know when we're running through all of the all of the songs one i'm listening to him i probably have him just as high as like my chicken snare and the click you know he's up there in my mix and i'm able to for one like 
for what I initially do is just kind of go, all right, what's this guy's? Is he listening to my kick pattern? Like, what's what's going on here? And then after you listen to him for a little bit, you'll realize, like, okay, this guy's in, he's he's going on with what I got going on, or he's not, (laughs) 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 which is totally fine. Either way, you know, everybody's in their own spot and they think that's less important or more important. So who knows? But I uh, I'll just say that like for me, I'm just constantly listening, going like, what's this going to be like? And then after the fact, go okay, like. Hey, after this song, maybe we can hit. Like, I'll just maybe maybe just like say like let's, let's hit this certain kick pattern on this one, the chorus of the song. I feel like that would hit really hard. What do yeah. you think? And make it a more like collaborative thing, and then just kind of really start that way. If not, if the bass player is already listening, they're already obviously then I'll just do a kick pattern. Maybe they don't match it first, mm-hmm. and then then they do something different, and then I don't match it. But eventually, I feel like after like two measures or three measures, four measures we can kind of go, oh, okay, this is what we need to land on. And then right. that to me is fun because then we're like, oh, okay, now we're syncing. You know, not every song needs to have the bass and the drum, like kick drum right with each other, but like in a lot of instances, it helps the impact of the, the, the overall, like, um, uh, what am I trying to think of? Just the overall rhythm of like what's going on in the back end. Like to have that kick pattern, like especially the smaller the band, if you're in a three-piece band, that kick needs to be with that bass because you make yeah. a str- so much stronger impact. The more you add, I feel like the less it's super important, but you still want to have that. So, all I have to say, that, that was pretty, you know, get into the weeds there. But, but I think I it like it, dude. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's one of my favorite things, being able to like, honestly, even during the, the end of the set, maybe we don't hit exactly the same, but we land. You know, I played a church called The Belonging that's where we watch our home church and that's a lot of things are on the fly and you know if a lot some of the songs that the worship leader might call like i maybe have never even played and maybe the bass player has played maybe not and we're just like all right we're going for it you know, there's nothing else we can do we got to go for it you know right <laughs> and right. which is great and then usually like it every time it works out great because the bass player is usually like looking right at me and we're going okay this mm-hmm. is it and then we're kind of like you know communicating a little bit as we're playing it's going like yeah 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 or whatever and then and then we land on something and then it's great you know um so i don't know yeah i think that that's really an important relationship to build and if you have somebody that's like you're with every week i mean that is the money because you can actually both of you guys grow um you know you know with each other learning how this bass player plays how this drummer plays and just kind of really sync um yeah it's a it's a great thing but it's a good foundation that you're laying for everybody else to then yeah be on top of and to be like comfortable and in my opinion i'm like the best way to worship is to feel like you're not you're not nervous about your part you're not nervous about the foundation of the song and if a drums and bass can set that strong foundation then it's so much easier for you to actually lead the congregation and you know you don't have to worry about anything because you're just thinking about you know being in moment and and worshiping in that way so i think it's really important and and that's come up in conversations a lot lately um, about getting to the point where you're so, I want to say just confident, but it's also about practicing and you're getting your ability up to where you're to a point where you don't have to think as much Mm -hmm. and you can actually worship. So I'm just Mm -hmm. thinking about people who listen to this podcast and when you just said, so there's times at the belonging where they call out a random song and maybe I've never played it. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking of people who are listening to that and going, excuse me? So they don't know. <laughs> they sometimes don't know what's coming and they just, you know, so 
you've played music for a while. I've played music for a little bit. I, I am blessed and I know you are too, to play with people who, you know, there's times when vocally I don't have it and I have to go, Hey man. So, uh, we're going to have to lower this three half steps. Cause I'm singing like yeah. white today, and, you <laughs> yeah. know, and guys go, yeah, sounds great, man. It's fine. So yeah. what, what is your best advice on getting to that place where you can be that confident? Like, is it just practicing your instrument? Is, is there other things that you would say, Hey man, here's three things I would say to get to that point where you, you can stop thinking or overthink mm. and yeah. just be able to worship. What are some things that you would give to other people and say, here's how you can get to that place? Yeah. Um, I think for me, I mean, you mentioned just being able to know the song so well so that you could, you can step in and not have to think about your part specifically like as much so you can actually worship like i'm a strong huge believer in that like i before i play anything i'm just listening like passively to the songs typically just to go just to have it on the background like at the house or whatever for making dinner um but also actively like listening going okay what are the parts how can i you know do this and and also i'm a big like fan of learning the actual part like as a drummer getting into the other drummer's head because that's really what served the initial song mm -hmm. really well was that beat. But then right. say like you go, okay, for our situation though, maybe I should like hit the ride a little bit harder or not just play on the toms, whatever, because we're in a smaller room or we have less people, things like that. Make it your own after that. Start with the baseline and then go from there. Um, but also I think it just, it really just, when it comes to like, you know, just being confident and being able to play, even when like, you know, you don't even know if you've played the song before. I think to me, like being able to do that over and over again, like what I just talked about, like digging in, but then also playing enough to just feel like, you know, I feel like the more you play, which I'm sure you've seen this too, like you're always kind of like, you start to develop things. Like for me, like when I'm doing a drum build and if I, I can I'm basically, I'm going to pick up whether or not the singer is going to do the bridge again mm -hmm. or go into the chorus. Like that's a big one, you know, because I could keep building and they can go into the chorus right. and that's happened, you know, like we're supposed to open up and play big and I'm still building on the chorus. But then <laughs> like, you know, in that moment, I could get down on myself or I could be like, you know what? I'm making this the most epic bill. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go into a different rhythm. Instead of doing straight 16th, I'm going, whatever, to right. really keep amping it. And then that next chorus is just like, what? You know? Right. Right. So that's, that, but, but also in that last measure, picking up whether or not the singer, you're, you're going to be able to tell and what they're going to typically, where they're going to go and getting really good at that type of thing you know yeah. if i've never played a song that's what i'm i'm learning i'm going what is the bridge what's the chorus what is the flow of this song and how you know can i just add to it and be the best thing that i can even if i'm not playing the drum part that's on the recording because i don't know the song <laughs> so, um, right but all that to say i feel like you become to get more in tune with a lot of those nuances and not every time you know everybody's different different worship leaders and different things but typically I have found that if you can kind of just keep, I was talking with worship online, actually, you know, in that moment, that's like a big, like that last measure of buildup. Mm -hmm. Specifically, that's a really like high anxiety moment for drums. Oh yeah. Because in that moment you can go, Oh no, are we opening up or are we not? You know? And that specific moment, like if you could actually get used to not freaking out mentally and not letting it, 
like get not get anxious about it and just yeah. go all right what's going to happen is what's going to happen yeah so all i need is just try to you know figure out what i can in the moment and if i can't all good i'm going to open right. up and just play and you know even if i do open up and the bridge keeps repeating and they probably should have kept building maybe i'll do a beat that's almost like building i'm driving the kick whatever and then the last part of that really big build and then we're into the big force and then yeah nobody skips the beat it's totally fine so that's that's just getting into some of the specifics when it comes to the drums but but yeah i think it's a big thing just to be able to be in tune with the people you're playing with as observant as you can and knowing your parts is as good as 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 well as you can so that you can be in tune with really what's going on in the room and, yeah. and two, <laughs> things, two things you were saying there that stand out to me one is being able to adjust and yeah. so if, if you're that person who goes look man i learned the song this way first chorus verse chorus bridge bridge you know what i mean yes yeah i think that's dangerous so being mm -hmm. able to adjust and then also yeah. what you said about knowing your musicians and getting to the point of reading mm. i i've played with chase weber for a long time now yeah chase, yeah chase reads me in a way that's kind of scary um and he knows if i start to talk to intro a song or whatever mm -hmm. he knows to start playing guitar and he knows what to do underneath it just to give me this thing and so some of it is yeah. like you said if you played with people for a long time you start mm -hmm. to read them a little bit better and so i i would assume even inside what profits there are things you know and oh, yeah. carried from the back of their head you're like oh, yeah. oh i know what's about to happen and yeah, I think sometimes yeah. people go, well, that's because he's so good. Well, yes, you're a good drummer and you've studied and you've gotten to that point, but it's also just being aware. And so mm -hmm. what you were talking about earlier is if you're the drummer that just puts his head down and plows through the songs, mm -hmm. yeah. how can you be aware of any of that stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, I, I know we could like geek out about this forever, but it's, it's yeah. this is the stuff that you know i i've as i've gotten a little bit older i have this like passion to go how can i pass on any information that will help anybody else who's like mm. playing at their church whether it runs 15 or 15 whatever yeah here's how you can lead people into the presence of the lord by knowing your stuff man and yeah what i i had i'd looked up a little bit a couple of things on you so i had seen that uh, you got a degree from East Carolina University and I saw yeah. uh, I think it was a news article and they were interviewing you about so was your background in like orchestra it actually was yeah, okay. kind of crazy yeah. yeah I I my parents got me a violin in the fourth grade and they're like you know you need to play this thing and learn it and I was like cool you know so <laughs> we had an orchestra in the fourth grade and um yeah I played all the way until 10th grade so I guess about six years or so mm -hmm. um and uh yeah I loved playing the violin but it was really that like what was it it was like a Christmas concert and we played Jingle Bell Rock yeah. and you know Jingle Bell, whatever but we had a drummer coming up like you know this kind of like fat groove behind it and I was like whoa I was like I would rather be doing I would want to do that. So I yeah. looked at my teacher and I was like, can I do that? And she was just like, no, like you're an orchestra. <laughs> I was like, oh. So, <laughs> so then I went to my band director at the moment, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can. Can I completely switch and just join the band instead of orchestra? And he was thankful. He was just like, do it, you know? And then I ended up 
he was really I was a I think I was a junior in a freshman band class like oh, just learning B flat scale on the marimba and stuff yeah. you know just really going down but then I, I I practiced my butt off and then eventually I was able to major in music and percussion in college and um and it was just I went to that professor was like what do I need to do and he's just like basically like work your butt off because you got a lot of catch up you know yeah 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 <laughs> and um like I was just yeah really excited about that so I was a music education major so I could technically go out and be a band director or orchestra director um or even choir I don't know if I would ever do that though I'm not the best singer <laughs> but well, and but I, I know, saw I know I saw your degree in that. So I'm uh, elementary education. I taught school for. Oh, time. nice! That's awesome. I saw yeah. that. I was like, "Yeah, man." And so, do you think though that j- I mean this dumb question, but also a question like the yeah. orchestra stuff that you learned? Like, did any of that prepare you for playing rock and roll music? I feel like it did actually, and it gave me a new perspective on all of it. Um, but. I realized how many violin players are not so good at singing time (laughs) (laughs) because I was so inclined to play drums. (laughs) But I was a little Mm -hmm. bit more like tempo driven, which is kind of funny. Throwing the violin players under the bus. (laughs) Under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one time I can because all of the other times violinists are like, they're like your lead singer oh, and like uh yeah and like you know they're like they're the they're the top and then the percussionists are like you know just in the back like mm-hmm. you know hey let's just let them be percussionists you know let's feature the violin music. it's like the trans-siberian <laughs> orchestra lady who runs around playing the violin yeah all yeah. the spotlights on her no exactly okay. yeah yeah so but anyway, I do feel like it has helped a lot just with playing with other people. Like you have to constantly listen to the first chair as a violin player. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things like that, you know, playing the orchestra, you're constantly watching. Um, you're constantly like reading the room, even, even though you're all synced playing the same piece, like you're mm-hmm. constantly watching the conductor, listening to the up, up the line and do the first chair. And they're usually like pressing it. <laughs> yeah. And then mm-hmm. you're just trying to be like them. And then just like self-mixing, you're listening to yourself and like all of the dynamics of all of that you know moving into like a studio now as a drummer like that's a big thing is being able to like mix yourself making sure your hi-hats aren't super loud and your snare is not you know too close to the hi-hat mic and all of those things you know so there's all types of things that you can do to basically help you self mix yourself to play in a way that can help that so i feel like that kind of just directly translated to all of that but also like in the studio or any other like percussion world that i have i'm able to like actually pull out like Oh man, I got some castanets. <laughs> I'm not gonna use that for a lot, but like <laughs> I've right. learned so many different things, ways to play marches and you know what tambourines and all things that I can. It's been able, been able to help me add that to like a recording process in the studio because I'm just I was able to spend a lot of time with that you know actual percussion side of the orchestra as well. So, right. so let me yeah, let me ask this question. I told you what happens is that we ask one question, it leads to fifty questions, but the yeah. This has been awesome, dude. Um, awesome. So some guys prefer studio to live and some vice versa. And some are like, no, dude, I, I equally enjoy both. Do you have a side you favor, like being in the studio and creating sounds, playing live and feeding off the audience or both? What's your cup of tea? Yeah, I think it's both. It is a, I... I'm so, I'm an extroverted person. I love talking to people. So like the side of drums that I'm able to play, like I'm able to play shows and play live, like that 
that um, is that. That's the extroverted side of me going, like, I get to see people, I get to like feed off of energy, I get to meet new people and travel and do all those things. So that is really like in line with what I love to do. But mm -hmm. getting into, into a studio is more just digging deep. And it's a really, I mean, I'm not sure, you know, everybody kind of has a different idea of what it's like to get into a studio. But like yes. the more you look into it, you realize like, man, especially with drums, like live drums is very different than studio oh. drums. Like very, like, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, the way you hit the, the way that you play with a click, like all of those things really can be a lot different. And if you don't actually flex that studio muscle a lot and you're just all live and then you step into a studio, like it can be kind of like, you know, alarming at, at yeah. times because you're yeah. like, whoa, I'm that ahead of the click. Like what, you know, like I've been right. playing with a click for so long, but then you realize like, whoa, Actually, if you really break it down, like you're right. Most most live drummers are really ahead of the click. So yep. how do I play right on or how do I play behind the click? You know, how do I manipulate that and keep that for five minutes long? If that's yeah. how long the song is, whatever. But anyways, that's a whole other thing that you have to do. And that enables you to really learn and grow and to really get to know your instrument more and like get better at just playing. So that's why I really like the studio because it like it pushes you, it, like it helps you like makes you think outside of the box and go, all right, I'm not going to play this drum roll thing because I'm going to do a second take with brushes on the snare drum in the very background, push it back left, you know, of the mix. Yeah. I want to barely hear a that's kind of driving that yeah. I didn't have to play on the first take. So you can kind of think of different things to add in a way that would be a little bit more creative because you, yeah. you don't have to be, you know, you've heard a lot of drum parts like obviously there's two takes if somebody's crashing a ride and somebody's playing a tom part you know <laughs> and then you go to recreate that live and your drummer's like yeah. i can't do that and you're like, like what are you on me? what are you right. doing for me there's two yeah. of them. right um yeah the worst. I, I like you know i've recorded with with chase a lot and so yeah. um you know at gnome studios and and one thing he knows like and this is just me man like the studio is not fun for me um yeah I, I enjoy live so much more and it's not that I don't like to be creative and stuff. It's just, uh, you know, as the singer, a lot of time, not like I write a lot of the songs yeah. too. So like I have to be there for the vision, but just mm -hmm. there's a different, like you said, you have to think a little differently and you're thinking about what makes the song great. And sometimes you have to get past that. Well, we can't recreate that live. Well, yeah, you can yeah. put on a track or something like that. And so a mm -hmm. lot of times I'm the guy I'm just confessing this. I'm the guy laying <laughs> yeah. on his couch when everybody else is doing the stuff and chasing. Doing, yeah. You you like this, man? I'm like, yeah, just tell me when I gotta sing. And so do it, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the greatest studio guy. Like I appreciate it more now. Um, yeah. but you're right. It's like it's like thinking different. So let me ask you this last musical question. Uh, and then I want to ask about what we were talking about uh before. So yeah, as a musician, um, do you how, what what do you think about the philosophy of less is more or are yeah. you a more is better guy um what what's your thought on that because th those words come up all the time and i think like when you're yeah. young you think a certain way and mm -hmm. then as you mature a little bit in your instrument you're like well wait a minute what so how do you yeah. think about that less is more stuff? yeah no it's great it, it, it makes me think of the you know the sometimes you'll hear just like guys just be like you know I hear they'll just be like hey man just be pro just be pro you know like just 
just be pro, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. like, just be pro? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it is, I think that really what that hits on is just like have a sense of maturity to know, like to be intentional with what you're playing mm-hmm. and to be able to read the room. And I think that, that that is something that I have grown in over the years is being able just to read the situation of what it needs. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, like there's a crazy moment in the middle of something different. So I will pop a song and we're chopping it out and doing some wild stuff. And like that in the moment is like, that's kind of fun. It feels like we're in six, yeah. eight, but really in four, four. And it's just like wild stuff like that's fun. But then also in, you know, there's one song. Uh, I'm really bad with song names. I'm so bad with song names. Oh, <laughs> I'm bad with song lyrics. So it's fine, man. <laughs> yeah. There's a song called where forgiveness is there. Yeah. Song lyrics <laughs> but it's so funny, but that song is just at the start. That was just bass and then kick and snare. Boom, cut, boom, cut, boom, cut. You know, very just simple. And it's all groove, all day, all groove. So for me, like, I'm just about, all about, you know, um, being able to read that situation and give that situation what it needs. And that is what, you know, how can I serve the song? And, you know, you listen to all types of, you know, players. And some of my favorite drummers, you know, didn't do anything. They just grooved. Yeah. And that was it, you know. And, like, some of my favorite jazz drummers, like, I love a guy named Art Blakey. Like, he was a great jazz drummer. And, like, that guy you know, was not doing flashy things every second, even though his band was named after him, you know, <laughs> like right, he was right. crushing it yeah. at that time. And, you know, things like that. It's just like, it's all about what needs to happen and what you want to get across. And, and then basically if like the band isn't trying to get that across, but mm-hmm. you are personally, then mm-hmm. that is a maturity thing in my opinion. Cause I'm like, well, you have something that you need to say and you're not realizing that you're saying something as a whole right now. Like you're all on stage, you're a band, you're all, and, but feeling like you have something to say that's more important than everybody else. That is where you can have some issues. So like trying to stay out of the way of that and just go like, Hey, I know I just learned this new lick. I learned this new thing. I might pull it out at some point, but right now I'm going to try to do the best that I can in just serving this song and not be a distraction more and be in a, and, and like, some will say like give it your all do everything you can which i think is also there's moments for that there's yeah. definitely moments oh, for, for sure. that mm-hmm. um and i want to be able to push the boundaries and the limits and all of that but basically that all comes down to just reading the room reading yeah. the situation to be the best you can in that situation that's yeah. what's helped me the most with all of it so, <laughs> yeah. well and like yeah. you said and and knowing when not to play like yes yeah is, that is, I think that's the biggest lesson maturity brings mm-hmm. is knowing yeah. when not to play. Like, yeah. I, you know, like I always think of young drummers, like mm-hmm. when young kids yeah. get started and dude, there's a fill on every, t- you know what I mean? And, oh yeah. It's all the fill and a crash. <laughs> because it's like, I need you to know, I know how to play drums. Yeah. And, yeah. and I had a drummer way back in the day. He would play for some like pop bands and fill in and stuff. And he said, a guy came up to him and he goes, Hey man, I really like the way you drum. He goes, I almost didn't know you were there. Mm. And the guy said, and that's the highest compliment to me. And I'm like, yeah, you, cause he didn't know, recognize you. He said, cause I wasn't taking away from anything. Right. I was just fitting the overall vision of the song. And I mm. think that's what you're talking about, man. It's like, yeah, what, what is bet like switchfoot john foreman i'm is one of my heroes and like he always says like so the song is king so yeah. whatever the song dictates exactly. that's what we do 
That's even if yeah. you know Tim can play the sweet bass, like that's cool. But does yeah. that what the song needs? So I think there's wisdom in what you're saying, and mm. I think some of that just comes from playing and just figuring it out and going, yeah, and making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like totally. Who wants to do that because yeah. everybody takes their camera out and records, <laughs> and so yeah. you know, and exactly. we don't want to end up on worship fail. So yeah, um, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, but there's stuff that comes from making those mistakes. It teaches you lessons yeah, oh yeah. on how to get better. So yeah, man, I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying so much. Um, I also appreciate how I can tell how passionate you are about it. Um, and being, like you said, more of an extrovert. And so that's, that's mm-hmm. what I relate to. I, I can kind of talk to a brick wall even if it does yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. that with people where people are just like yeah man I'm jazzed about this so um so last thing that we were kind of talking about before um kind of like I we so those behind the scenes that you don't know so like sometimes when I go to get a guest on the podcast like we message each other back and forth and you have a life I have a life and sometimes those schedules do not line up and so we've been, yeah. we've been working to talk for a bit. Um, and mm-hmm. part of it's also like you are busy with a new job. And as yeah. you were talking to me about it, I was like, I think this is relevant for people. Um, yeah. For Christians, because I think, I think people are always talking about like, you know, being a good steward of your money. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a thing that people relate to. And like, you know, like you get into debt, you look forward and you go, my retirement plan is the rapture. That's probably not yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you were having a conversation about a, somebody you met that works for a company and what that kind yeah. of to you. And so like, if you could even just talk about that company and what it is, because um, we can send people to like, check it out too. I think that would be good. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. That'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. The sidewalk is played. We played a couple of shows actually for, you know, uh for a company called Thrivent, which is a financial advising like they planning they help people basically with their retirements and setting all that stuff up and just basically give every dollar that you bring in like it gives it a purpose and and it's really cool like i i i'm really passionate about it because i've found that like um like we are called to be good stewards of what god has given us whether it's a talent whether it's money whether it's anything that we that we were able just to be able to I feel like God's given us and uh, as we were saying earlier you know like for us like I feel like we haven't been the best stewards of our finances like we had some credit card debt we had some things and during COVID actually we were like all right this is kind of hard the music industry is completely shut down but we're going to figure out how to do this we're going to pay this stuff off and like have a, a retirement account and be able to like put away and do all of that and I just started like getting our own lives kind of back on track with what it meant to be and to do that and, and go like, wow, how can I be of purpose? Give all of these funds different and thrive. It's all about giving back to the community and like, you know, less of like, Hey, how can we get you a plan together so you can get a yacht when you're 60, less of that and be like, Hey, (laughs) like, how can we put a plan together so you can give more with what God's given you, you know, other, you know, foundations and all Mm -hmm. that. So it's really a, uh, it's a faith-based situation. And so I started learning more about it. And now I've been learning a ton more with this awesome group of people here in Nashville. Cause I just, like I said, you know, they're in the creative world out here in Nashville. Like you, there are not a ton of 
jobs in the music industry that just give you, you know, a retirement account or, you know, or to really talk to you about that. And some, some do for sure. Um, but I started realizing like, whoa, I want to have that done. Like I need to figure this out. <laughs> and I was like, I started looking for materials and ways to learn. And I was like, I don't have anything, you know? <laughs> and so I started just Googling and trying to figure all that out. I started talking to my friends that are on the road and they're like, man, yeah, I probably should set up uh, some sort of retirement, you know, start putting some money away and all of that. And so started just being able to like take buds out the coffee and be like, Hey, this is something that, you know, you might want to get look into at some point just to actually have set up. And um, it's a way so that you can continue to steward the things that God gives us right now in a way. Like I, I want to continue to tithe. I want to continue to give. I want to continue to be able to help and, and sow into things that God puts on our, uh, in our hearts. When I'm that age, when I'm 60, when I'm 70, when I'm, you know, <laughs> around that yeah. time. And the way to be able to do that is to be able to kind of like start setting that up now. So all I have to say, it's just kind of been a big part of my heart for just helping people in yeah. general with that. And so been learning a ton and, just, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty fun. So. <laughs> and so the, and the company is called Thrivent. Thrivent. Yeah. People yeah. Can check it out online and get more information. And uh, yep. Yeah. There's probably yeah. somebody around you know your area um this thriving all over the country um mm -hmm. but also so many things are zoom based so the team that i'm with and we have clients all over like literally all over the country i think that because you have to have a license per state you know and i think the guy that i'm working with has like 20 something states <laughs> at this point because he's just working with people all over so um, Zoom is really just helps with that. So yeah, anyways, it's been really good. Yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. No, I, I'm interested. So that's why when you said that, I was like, that's information to get out there to people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, totally. Last thing, just totally off off the cuff. So obviously you have a career and you play music and you're passionate about drums and you're a dad and, and you're a husband, all the things. So what are the things that you like as far as just recreational and so like i'm a huge comic book nerd marvel star yeah. wars that's like i i'm into all of that stuff uh i'm into yeah. shoes a lot probably too much that doesn't help with nice. my future plannings um yeah <laughs> hey, those, they might be worth more money than well that's investment you know <laughs> that's true dude that's true um and so like what are what are some things that you just like when it's just you know rains like hey man these are things i just like to do pure enjoyment yeah man i i love let's see here i love coffee big All coffee right. guy <laughs> right. Right. so like we have a couple bags over here that we 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 we'll get from different roasters around the country if i'm on the road like we were just in michigan in december and we were we were able in grand rapids so we we're able to stop by a mad oh, which is one of my favorite shops up there and yeah um and uh you say you're in you're close to st louis yeah i'm near st louis nice yeah there's uh there's some good coffee out there um mm -hmm. a place called sump I'm, I'm i'm sure you're familiar with S i'm like sure sump i'm sure chase <laughs> is because chase is like the coffee guy oh yeah he so anytime is. Exactly where you know oh hey and you said you were in grand rapids area mm -hmm. um yeah so we we were uh in Everett, which is a camp that's like just past oh grand yeah rapids, and there's a place uh, called uh founders um that we oh have. yeah try to stop off and they have like these french bread pizzas and stuff um but the last time we were there it was shut down and we went Whoa. to there's a wall burgers i'd never been to just a wall oh, yeah anyway i like grand rapids like it's a pretty cool city so 
but you're you're a coffee guy so if you're ever if you're ever out like just passing through st louis or if you're with the boys and you're like hey man we want to like i got some barbecue joints to take you to yeah oh um, yeah (laughs) and and some coffee places so like just message me so definitely coffee absolutely are you a movie guy or no yeah we we actually love to watch movies i am really bad at remembering like i said i was really bad with song titles so i'm kind of bad with like quoting movies or knowing a lot about like you know i know who leonardo dicaprio is but like other than (laughs) that i don't have the best way of like I haven't just like spent a lot of time in like memorizing who's in what movie and like being a really movie buff, but Cal, our bass player inside, well, he's a movie guy. So is Dave, the lead singer. Um, right. I say that because I would have said I was a movie guy before I met them because they are movie dudes. <laughs> I got you. I got you. But I do, I do love it though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's, hey, but, um, I'm really glad that we kept pushing to talk. Uh, yeah. This has really been awesome, man. Like I, I've everybody who I know that knows you I'm and I'm not just saying this because you're on a podcast they're like oh Rain's the best man he's the best so like you have a reputation of just being like a good dude and I I can say yeah man I I can say that it's it's accurate because I I like it when people are just humble um but also passionate about what they Mm. do and just like you said the point of all of this the point of why you play music it's ministry man like that's yeah the point because if not why take yourself away from your family mm-hmm. that much exactly. just to do something that's not helping the kingdom so um, yeah yeah i i just if, if i'm ever in like i'll get back there in july for something uh i yeah. might message you and hang out or something like oh let's do it let's hang yeah (laughs) you seem like a legit dude now i'm gonna tell you this this might change things so i'm not a coffee guy i know coffee places because of chase but every time we go i get hot chocolate so oh nice so i hate a hot chocolate i like i like a good okay as long as you're okay with me being six years old yeah we'll be we'll be fine dude and oh. chocolate milk, hot chocolate. Jonah, oh. my son, loves that stuff too. So I've, I'm kind of going back through that okay. place right now. Too. Okay. <laughs> well, and I will say in Nashville, like of the coffee places, um, Chase, like he knows I'm a, a hot chocolate dude. So he'll always be like, you know, they, they've got a, what's the, I always forget the name of it, the place that has the bowling alley in it and you can play games and stuff. Pine, Pinewood Social. Pinewood. Yeah. Pinewood's yeah. got a pretty good hot chocolate, man. <laughs> um it's just it's really rich so like yeah you got to be ready for it you gotta like yeah you're 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 really <laughs> committing i have to work myself up to it and be like yeah it's like an espresso almost like kind of like, yeah anyway <laughs> awesome. uh dude thank you so much for your time man uh i yeah, have added, this has been rains uh this has been the great romance podcast and uh we'll see you next time thanks dude absolutely see ya <laughs>